My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast on eight factors for picking auspicious dates. So this is one of the most important topics in astrology is using this knowledge of these transits and history and patterns to project into the future and to plan for major events coming up. This is what we will be doing at Mindful New Year at mindfulnewyear.com coming up this week. And if you miss it, you can join in later or join the waitlist for future classes. Uh, but we'll be talking about all of these eight factors as well as all the major transits for the year and how they apply to you personally based on your rising and moon sign, which if you don't know your chart, you can get your free birth chart right now at quietmindastrology.com as well. So we'll look at first in the first half of this episode, these eight factors for picking auspicious dates for things like launching projects, moving, marriage, any major life events. This is a pretty important topic. And then in the second half, we'll talk about the six transits happening this week, including Mercury going retrograde. So what are these eight factors? Well, there may be more. There certainly could be many more you could consider. But I think these eight are really important. And this is baked into what I teach in Mindful New Year. So I just give you the dates. You know, I do all this research and just give you the results. So you don't have to think about all this. But if you want to kind of more do it yourself, and just planning for future events or things like even further out in the future beyond this year, this could be really helpful for you. And traditionally, this is what a lot of the Vedic teaching was all about. It's about timing events. And this is why, at least as far as we understand historically, why astrology started is so we could time auspicious events and work with the universe rather than against it, work with nature. So again, there's there's probably many more factors you could consider, but these are eight I think are important. Number one is the titi of the moon, and that is essentially the phase of the moon. And there are several of these phases along the way from new moon to full moon, and each of them have their own distinct energy. And there's certain days that are better for fasting, certain days that are better for creating things, certain days are better for marriage or not marriage, uh, not getting married on that day. So if you're like planning any sort of big life event, travel, ritual, ceremonies, the moon phase, the titi, is very important in tracking that. Now, you could just Google this of like all the, the titis of the moon. Uh, but again, I, I build all this into the Mindful New Year program at mindfulnewyear.com. Uh, so I just want to give the main overview today because this is a huge topic and I'll probably do episodes in the future just on each of these moon phases because it's a really deep topic in itself. But number two is the current dasha that you're in. As I discussed in a recent episode about just what transits to always be aware of, your current dasha is really key. Like if you're in the Venus dasha, it's more common, more likely that people get married in the Venus dasha than other dashas. Or if you're in the K2 dasha, it's more common, more likely that people have a lot more time in solitude in the K2 dasha. And it might be a time where you want to move to a cabin in the woods or a more remote place in the K2 dasha, or you're spending more time in solitude, or go on a, a like a 10-day Vipassana retreat or something like that. Uh, that's a great example of like things you might be more drawn to in the K2 dasha and what kind of activities you might want to plan based on the dasha you're in. If you're in your sun dasha, for example, you might want to be spending more time in the spotlight, 
doing things that require you to be visible and seen and things that require more vitality, more physical activity, more exercise, things like that. Uh, you know, if you're in the transition into a new dasha, that's also a big turning point where those issues of the next dasha start to really become present. Like, for example, when you go from the Jupiter to the Saturn dasha, oftentimes you go from a much more playful, joyous, carefree kind of attitude to a much more serious and sometimes somber and even sad and heavy attitude and just life experience overall in the Saturn dasha. Uh, that's a broad generalization, but that's an example of like that turning point from one dasha to the next can be pretty dramatic and it can be a big shift in your life. And if you're planning around that, that's really important to know because that's going to have a huge impact. Like if you're uh, trying to get married, but you're going into the K2 dasha uh, and you're single, like it's it might be harder, more challenging to find a partner and balance your need for solitude in the K2 dasha. Certainly can do it. I've seen it many times. I'm not saying you know this, any of this is absolute, but these are big factors. And this is why there's at least eight factors I'm talking about here. So number three is your current sub-dasha or antardasha or bukti. These are all the same thing. And it's within that book of your life in a chapter within that story that's happening. So if you're in the Saturn-dasha, but the... Mercury sub-dasha, now you're learning lessons, very important life lessons about your communication, improving your communication, a lot of wisdom and maturity coming through your communication and business and just your overall way of thinking. That's just one example, right? So you're in that sub-dasha, that would be a great time to be improving your education, uh, taking communication classes, reading books about these topics, improving your business skills. Right? These are all Mercury, Saturn kind of energies that you're working with. Number four are the current transits that are happening that year or that time around that date you're picking. So for example, like uh, if Saturn is transiting over your fifth house, that is often a more favorable time for having kids or becoming a parent or conceiving. Uh, either Jupiter or Saturn over your fifth house. Those are pretty common examples of that. Uh, if you're having the current transit of the Sarisati, you could expect more hardships, more difficulty, more challenges, and more delays and setbacks. So you, you want to build that into your planning and not overlook that because that could feel like you're swimming upstream a lot if you're not actually aware that's happening and working with it rather than against it. And of course, always I talk about the big transits every year, Rahu and Ketu, Jupiter and Saturn are the real big ones you always want to be aware of. And again, I talked about that in a recent episode. You can listen to that as well, of like the transits you should always be aware of. Because uh, those have such a big impact on the theme of that year. Number five are the retrogrades. So if Mercury is going retrograde and you're trying to launch a big promotion in your business or do something that requires a lot of communication and a lot of moving pieces it's going to be more challenging and there's going to be more setbacks. Like I talked about recently, if Mars is retrograde, probably not the best time to go run your first Spartan race with no training in the rain with no rain clothes. <laughs> That's a very challenging time on the Mars energy and your ability to be active and uh, productive and physically active like that. 
So work with the retrogrades rather than against them and use those times to slow down, as I talked about on another recent episode about retrogrades and the new approach of thinking about that is really an opportunity to slow down with the retrogrades and not try to rush ahead, not try to start a bunch of new things, but to go back over what is already been started, what is already in progress, what is incomplete, and what needs attention. So review, reflect, revise, all the RE words are really important to remember around the retrograde times. Sorry for that pun. or whatever you'd call that, Uh, just a cheesy moment, I guess. Uh, Number six are the eclipses. So the eclipses, as I talk about, are like portals into a new dimension of your life. And once you go through them, you cannot go back. So the big turning points, and you make big decisions around these times, and you step into a new phase of life. And if you try to go back, it's like really swimming upstream. It's really intense uh, resistance to that. As you may have experienced, I've certainly seen it many, many times. Uh, the retrogrades are, or excuse me, the eclipses are the times for going into the next phase of your life. Similar to going into a new subdasha, similar kind of energy, similar to going to a new moon. Uh, the eclipses are, of course, a new moon and a full moon. Uh, similar in some ways to the full moon of having some sort of closure to the past and now creating space for the next phase. Of course, on the eclipse day, that is a good day to lay low and not do anything really important, make any big decisions, because you are not always thinking as clearly on the eclipse day. The sun or the moon is eclipsed. It is overshadowed by the shadow graha of Rahu or Ketu, and it is that we are not seeing everything clearly. And we do have important decisions to make at that time though, which makes the eclipses kind of tricky. So we we do want to be making major decisions and moving in new directions and coming to a culmination of the past six months since the last eclipse and setting the, the tone for the next six months. And we want to kind of lay low on the actual day of the eclipse, do things like take baths, be in the water, swimming in the ocean, things that are really nurturing, nourishing, restorative, and gentle. Somewhat similar to the retrograde times, but this is a particular day that if you can avoid any major decisions on those days of the eclipses, that's ideal. If you still need to make decisions, you can do remedial measures, you can do practices to try to make the best of it. If there's something that's really out of your control with that, fine. You know, don't worry about it. You don't want to be too perfectionistic about any of this, but you do want to work with it, right? And you want to know what's happening. This is why I do all this because so many times earlier on in my life, I had these moments of like something felt off or there was some big decision happening, a big shift happening. And then I would look at the astrology in hindsight and be like, oh my gosh, I see it. It's right there. It's of course this big change happened. Of course I had to make this decision. Of course, there was all this resistance and this thing, you know, it all just made so much sense. And then the more I started to do the research and that's what I love to do. And what I do in my mentorship and other programs is I just spend hours and hours doing tons of research, thousands of case studies, and then distill that into the essence of, you know, the understanding the nakshatras or understanding what it means when you have this, this planet and this sign or this nakshatra and how that all relates. 
so that is one of my favorite things about astrology. Uh, in my own nakshatra pada, I have the keyword of research. So that is like a big piece of why I'm here. Uh, so I love to do the research. I love to share it with you and help you apply it to your life in this podcast and in my offerings. Uh, so if you're new to this idea, like I was many years ago, just uh, how to apply this, you can just kind of go through the year and then just come back to the podcast retroactively and like look back like, oh, does that make sense? You mean you could do it right now. You can go back through the history of the past several years on this podcast and find dates in your life and see if what I talked about that week resonates for what you were going through and see, you know, if it is applicable. And always I say, just like the Buddha taught, you know, take it or leave it. If, if it works for you, keep it. If it doesn't work, let it go. And it's, you know, if it doesn't resonate, then that's totally fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, and number seven is the full moons. So the full moons are a time of completion, closure, celebration, gratitude, and fullness, and a time to reflect on what's happened. Also, important day, just in general, full moons and new moons to kind of lay low. Uh, full moons is overactive solar energy, is ex excessive solar energy. So things might be crazy because. Heather, one of my students in the astrology mentorship, who is also working in healthcare and hospitals over the years, has talked about that many times, how on the full moons, things are more crazy in the hospital. And this kind of energy you, we've all experienced as at different times. So the day of the full moon, lay low, celebrate, maybe do some sort of ritual ceremony. Uh, but if you're planning around that date, that is more of a date to bring completion and closure to a project or event or decision or idea. And then number eight is the new moons. And these are the days to begin things and plant seeds of intention, but also on the exact day, a little better to lay low because the uh, lunar energy is totally cleared out and we don't see any illumination from the sun. Uh, so it is kind of a blank slate and a good day to just kind of pause, reflect, have that spaciousness of the blank slate, like relax, chill out, take a nap, <laughs> uh, do something nice like a massage or uh, just kind of sleep in. Just, just lay low if possible on the new moon as well. And with that energy, ideas will emerge. And from the depth and darkness within yourself of letting yourself go down, slow down, go within, just like into the soil, that's where we can plant seeds and they can grow the best. That is fertile soil for planting seeds. So we want to work with that energy of being more internal, quiet, slow, gentle with ourselves. Doing things like restorative yoga or yoga nidra are great use of the new moon energy. And then, like maybe towards the end of that day or the next day, start to take action and move forward and begin those projects up to the full moon, some sort of closure, some sort of going back over things for the next two weeks, and then the next new moon, a new phase, new cycle, and continue. <clears throat> now, you can always be focused on your intuition with this. So you don't need to be perfectionist. You don't need to get everything right or think about all these things. And then, you know, what particular energy is there with that new moon or full moon will depend on the nakshatra that it's in. Same with everything else I'm talking about, the eclipses, retrogrades. The nakshatra is such a huge, huge piece of this. And that's all going to depend on what transit's happening at that time. 
And then again, of course, I bring all this into the Mindful New Year course, which you can join now at mindfulnewyear.com. Uh, but you can also just keep up with the podcast week by week. And I will continue to share these things as they come up week by week. But if you want to plan for the year ahead, that's what I do in the Mindful New Year course. So it gives you all the overview and exercises to put this all into practice. So there it is. There you have it. The eight factors for picking auspicious dates for things like launching projects, moving, marriage, etc. Any important decision you want to make, these are really important things to consider. And it's okay if you don't remember all of them or forget about them. You can come back to the podcast uh, it's okay if you don't factor them all in, you miss something, no big deal. Trust your intuition, right? This isn't about being perfect. It's about working with the energy that's there and not just overlooking it and completely ignoring it and bypassing it because we'll end up working with it anyway. It's going to show up in our lives and oftentimes it can be really unpleasant if we're not conscious of it and working with it. So number one, the moon, titi. Number two, the current dasha, Number three, your current sub-dasha. Number four, the current transits that are happening. Number five, the retrogrades that are happening. Number six, any eclipses throughout the year and working around those dates. Number seven are the full moons. Number eight, the new moons. So hopefully this is helpful for you. And again, of course, you might be thinking of other factors. I'm not saying here, but I think these are all really important to consider and find the most auspicious dates for any events you're planning. And if you want help with planning any particular events, you can join the waitlist for a future reading with me at quietmindastrology.com slash reading. Uh, currently fully booked for the next several months, but you can also get on the waitlist there. And if you're listening to this later, you might be able to schedule the reading at that time as well. So let's look at the transits happening this week. So we've got six things happening. Uh, first of all, on Monday, December 26, 2022 at 12.43 p.m. Central Time, Venus moves into Uttara Ashada for about two weeks. Now, this is a time to dive deep into what you love and you'll get to the truth of whatever issues are present. Because Uttara Shada is in Sagittarius, it is this wise philosophical energy. If you're not loving what you're doing right now, you might feel really lazy and unmotivated about it. But if you do what you love and focus on what you love to do, you can be extraordinarily committed to it and responsible and reliable with that project or relationship or commitment or whatever that thing is. If it's Feel it in your heart. So it's really important time to get to the heart of the matter of what's going on for you. This transit can also lead to great success in whatever your heart is called towards. It could be spiritual, material, physical, non-physical. It's an important time to practice gratitude and appreciation for what you have because it could otherwise lead to feeling like you don't have enough in this insatiable, unfulfilled energy. But really, you always, I mean, no matter where you're at, and I've been homeless, I've been poor, I've been in the worst situations possible. Uh, you know, there's there's worse. There, there's certainly worse. But I've been in really awful situations and really difficult childhood. Uh, and I, even in those moments, as I look back, like I can find gratitude for having, you know, any, just any, like clothes on my back, just any little thing you could think of, finding gratitude. And we always have more than enough. We always have something provided for us. We always have something. 
even in the worst circumstances, we can find gratitude and that can lead to appreciating what we have and then what we have appreciates in value and we find more things to appreciate. So I'm always a huge proponent of gratitude practice because that was one of the biggest things that helped me get out of depression many years ago. And you can learn a lot at this time by studying astrology, philosophy, spiritual paths, really any topic of interest to you, but especially ones that are more philosophical and spiritual in nature. You might find it difficult to filter your feelings and thoughts and opinions, which can be a good thing, but you can also be end up being blunt and hurtful to others if you're not using this skillfully, especially in relationship issues. If there are any sort of triggers or wounds that need to come up, need to be addressed, this is a great time with all the other transits too to just talk about the things. Just put it out there. Just be honest, have the difficult conversation, and then you can move through it and not have it lingering around in the background and kind of stuck there draining energy. You might find it difficult to forgive others during this transit, so it can be helpful to follow the golden rule, treat others how you'd like to be treated, and you might not get that reciprocated. We can't control that, but we can create our reality to, to some degree of how we choose to engage with others. And with this energy, there can be a righteousness so be mindful of that. Uh, but overall, it is a very positive transit. And the symbol of Uttarashada is the elephant tusk of Ganesh, which represents cutting through falsehoods and removing obstacles and allowing more space for expansion and growth in all areas of life. Then on Tuesday, December 27th, 2022 at 5.34 p.m. Central, Mercury moves into Capricorn just for two days. So it will be moving back. Uh, actually, excuse me, I said that wrong. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four days. Okay. And then it'll come back to Capricorn in early January. So this is sort of setting us up for the next several weeks because Mercury is going to go retrograde on Thursday, back to Sagittarius. Then eventually it'll make its way back to Capricorn in about three weeks. So with Mercury and Capricorn, this is a time of deep thinking and serious conversations and an opportunity to have those kind of challenging, deeper conversations. Like the Venus transit, uh, Mercury here really supports that. And over the next three weeks, really four weeks or so, this is a time of like anything that's been unsaid, stuck, lingering, just kind of draining energy in the background, especially things to do, like you need to have this conversation, you need to sort this thing out, you need to talk about this, you need to clean out this closet or these drawers or this issue, this un incomplete thing. This is a great time to go back over that. Uh, and I'll talk about that more in a moment. But just specifically with Mercury and Capricorn, it's like clarifying your boundaries, clarifying the structures that you want to have in your life. What do you want your daily routine to look like? You know, we'll do this in the Mindful New Year course, kind of outline your daily routine, your outline your ideal week. Uh, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to be spending your time doing? We all have the same limited amount of time every week to work with, and we have choice in how we use that time. And we can be working towards creating a new reality for ourselves, or we could just be getting by. And sometimes that's the reality, you know, that's where we're at. And that, I get that. I've been there too. Uh, but sometimes with this kind of energy, especially as we go through the retrograde, it's a great opportunity to go back over 
you know, I started this thing that it, it was something and I didn't quite finish it. You know, maybe I can go back to that. Or I had this idea and I didn't quite follow through. Maybe I could follow through on that and, and kind of bring some movement to that thing, right? Especially anything to do with business matters and using your logic, but also trust your gut with this because it could get really serious and heavy. Uh, be mindful of that over the next few weeks. Use your gut as well. Like, you know, where do you feel drawn towards? What feels true? And not just overthinking it, trying to be right or controlling or anything like that. Then on Thursday, December 29th, this is the day of Mindful New Year, the live workshop. We've got three transits happening. So first of all, Sun and Purva Shada for two weeks. And this is a great time to celebrate your achievements of the past year and cultivate what I would call a healthy sense of ego and pride, right? Of course, we don't want to be too attached to our accomplishments and say, I am this, look at me, look what I did. Uh, not too much, but there is a healthy level of that, like every child has, if you have kids or you work with kids, I used to work with kids, uh, you, they, there's this thing, like they want to be seen, like, hey, look what I'm doing. Uh, they want to be acknowledged, like the sense of, I'm here, I matter, I'm, you know, I'm, look at me, like acknowledge me. And there's there's a part of our human nature that, that really thrives off that. And if we don't have that, we can make really unhealthy decisions. Like when you don't have any sense of like self or confidence or uh, like, you know, just self-esteem, like you can really end up making some very poor decisions and, and harming yourself and harming others. So we all do need a healthy sense of ego and a healthy sense of pride of, hey, look at you, look what you did this year, look what you've accomplished and and celebrate that and take a moment to just kind of receive that energy of, wow, you know, I, I worked hard, I did this thing or, or hey, even maybe the opposite, like I took time off, I rested, I needed to rest and I did it and you know, I didn't let anybody like try to talk me out of it or shame me for doing that. So whatever it is for you, like this sense of celebration and acknowledgement of what you've done over the past year, or you can go back further if you want. Uh, this is this is an awesome transit, great way to end the year with Sun and Purva Shada. And of course, you know this could lead to arrogance, self-centeredness, but as long as this is kept in check with humility and perspective, and really how interdependent everything we ever do is, you know, like. I'm speaking into a microphone that some other person who's a genius created this microphone and, you know, we're listen, listening to this on your iPhone that was invented by people and passed through many, many people to get to you or whatever phone you're using, uh, you know, and I think of this, you know, running water, all the people that are involved in getting running water to your faucet, just everything, not to even mention like you know, maybe you started a new job or you moved or you had some big life change, the amount of people and interdependence that's required for that is astounding. Uh, so just taking a moment to pause and, and take that in as well, along with, hey, look what you did. You you did something. Congratulations. Acknowledging your healthy sense of ego and pride. Also acknowledging, you know, it's we're all completely interdependent to even be alive here and have food and water and shelter. Uh, so it's a great way to boost your confidence, bring in more vitality, inspiration, and clarity going into the new year. 
which is nice because of the retrograde stuff. It can feel like that's a little bit lower energy, and uh, it is a, a time to kind of ease into the new year. I will actually be doing a series of classes for the Quiet Mind Yoga membership of easing into 2023, of practices you can do, yoga practices to ease into the year. So I do recommend that as we get into the next year, and I'll talk about this in next week's episode with the annual horoscope, to really ease into January, like the first few weeks of January, don't plan on that being like super productive or like big accomplishments or going gung-ho into the new year. There's a lot of stuff that's saying ease into the new year, slow down. It's, you know, we're going to get there, but we don't want to, we don't need to rush into it. If you try to rush in, you're going to hit a lot of resistance. Uh, but with this sun transit, this is a great boost in confidence and vitality and energy going into the new year. Also on Thursday, December 29th at 3.31 a.m., Mercury goes retrograde in Capricorn. And then by Friday, December 30th, it will go to Sagittarius again. So short stay here in Capricorn, two days forward, two days back, then we get to Sagittarius. So I think this is a perfect time to review the past year, reflect, revisit, revise, review everything of 2022, and then sort of reset and get into some sort of clarity about the year ahead. So a lot of journaling exercises, a lot of introspection, and a lot of going within during this time is very favorable. This is why I moved the Mindful New Year live workshop to this date from earlier in the month, which is a little risky, putting it on the day of the Mercury retrograde, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's like I say you know, the earlier in the podcast, it's like you want to know these energies are here and then use your intuition, use your gut about how to work with it. And just because something is retrograde doesn't mean you can't, you have to stop your life and you can't do anything. And then sometimes I think uh, that having Mercury retrograde is a great time to do anything that involves going back over things. So I really look forward to it happening every year usually about three times a year. It happens for about three weeks. And I think it's one of the most important parts of every year because it allows us that time or it's intentional, like, hey, this is the time to slow down. And if you try to speed up now, you're probably going to have more issues, accidents, setbacks. So we need this time of slowing down, especially at the end of the year. And, you know, in nature, there's seasons and animals hibernate. As humans, we just, you know, you can get the same apples all year round anywhere in the world, pretty much. Uh, you can get the same food pretty much all year round, pretty much anywhere in the world at this point. The same sunlight all day, all night if you want. Uh, so, you know, we're not as seasonal as we once were just a couple generations ago. So this is one of those opportunities of the Mercury retrograde time to slow down and have a little introspection and reflection. Uh, as al along with like the seasonal energies, which I do talk about a lot and, and teach a lot in my yoga classes. Uh, so we do have that ways to do that. And so this is an opportunity on Thursday to go within, slow down, to review, reflect, revise, and reset going into the new year. Also on Thursday, December 29th at 4.33 a.m., Venus moves to Capricorn for about three weeks. 
Venus, the energy of love, beauty, arts, in this serious sign of Capricorn. And with this month and year coming to a close, this is a great time to ground into your desires and commitments and actions that you'd like to take in the next year. So thinking about what are you in service to in 2023? How can you act in a way of service and love and commitment to your intentions? So we're getting into a lot of this serious Capricorn energy, which is what happens every year. You know, this is these are normal transits with Sun, Moon, or Sun, Mercury, and Venus, all in Sagittarius to Capricorn around this time of year. Uh, so it happens every year, and there's a similar kind of energy of going into this slightly more serious time of the Capricorn around the New Year's. People set these New Year's resolutions, and they get all committed and ex inspired about it, and then they forget about it a few weeks later once everything starts moving on to Aquarius, which is much more like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do what feels authentic to me. And uh, why did I make that commitment? That doesn't feel authentic anymore. Right, so we've got to be dynamic with these things. And that's built in, of course, to the Mindful New Year program as well. Uh, I think it's much more about being dynamic, being present, working with these changing, always changing energies and not against them, and knowing what those energies are, so it's clear, right? If you know it's going to rain, you can wear a raincoat. If you know it's going to snow, you can bring a shovel. So it helps to know the weather and the energy that's happening. With Venus and Capricorn for a few weeks here, it's a great time to connect to what you love in terms of structures and disciplines in your life, and know that that will change, and you're going to go to the Venus and Aquarius time after that which is a bit different, but still Saturnine, you know, but, but it's going to continue on after that. So this energy is always moving. And the goal is not to be rigid and just say, okay, I've got my morning routine. I do these 10 things every day for the rest of my life. Done. Right. That's not dynamic. That's like a tree saying, I'm just going to grow up for the rest of my life and I'm good. It's, you got to respond to nature. You got to respond to the environment and the tree branches out over here and branches out over there. Oh, and then this, this weather comes in and ruins all that. So you got to branch out over there. Uh, and of course, it's all just happening in the moment. And there's no real forethought or, or thinking in the tree as far as we know. Uh, but we as humans have our prefrontal cortex and we can really plan ahead and have a lot of foresight and really overthink things and get lost in our heads uh, so having that more instinctual nature of being present and, okay, I know this energy is happening and I'm aware of it intellectually, but I also have this way of working with it instinctually and intuitively. I want to match the two and work with these energies rather than against them. And then finally this week on Friday, December 30th at 12.36 p.m. Central Time, <clears throat> Mercury goes back to Sagittarius. So Mercury, communication, business, or intellect, buddhi, so intellect, and that is going back to Sagittarius, where it just was a few weeks ago, and a time where you can be really versatile in your thinking, really creative, have a lot of aspirations, and you could be uncovering old limiting beliefs and old patterns, old samskaras. This is a great time in these first few weeks of the month, uh, going into 2023, to 
uncover these old thinking patterns, old limiting beliefs. This is something, again, we'll be doing in Mindful New Year as well and giving you the tools to do that because this is some of the most important work that I've done. If I don't get to talk about it a whole lot on the podcast, it doesn't always fit in the context of things. Uh, but doing this limiting belief work and uncovering those beliefs is so revelatory, so fascinating to find like, oh my gosh, this belief has been driving me for like 20 years. I didn't even realize it was there until I did a little excavation and uncovered it. And then once you have that awareness, you have a choice and now you can choose to continue that way of believing and, and acting and being or make a different choice, which is not always easy. But when we have that awareness, that's everything. That's the most important part of the whole thing. You shine the light of awareness on it. Now you can work with it and choose how to engage with it rather than just be like automaton robot, like reacting to this thing, this pattern that was conditioned in there uh, from a caregiver or whatever, trauma or past experience. Uh, this Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius is powerful for uncovering those beliefs, going deep within to where those things are rooted from and how you can uproot them. So now you can have more spaciousness in your mind and your thinking process and your communication and move forward and really start to create the year you'd like to create in a few weeks. <laughs> so these first few weeks of January, it's a time to ease into the new year. And you can do that with the Quiet Mind Yoga practices that I'll be offering. I'll have more info on that next week here on the podcast. Or you can just go to quietmind.yoga and uh, join any of the wait lists there and you'll hear about that when that comes up. Uh, but that is the way to kind of ease into the year, just doing gentle movement practices, being gentle with yourself, reviewing the past. It is the time to like dig up the stuff in the closet that's been there for months, uh, dump out the junk drawer and just start over. Like, go through the whole thing and clarify what you need, what you need to do this with or uh, you need to get a passport. You need to send this letter. You need to do this or that. This is the time to really handle those things. And that creates so much spaciousness going into the new year after the next few weeks. So hopefully this is helpful in giving you some perspective of how to work with all the energies happening this week, as well as picking auspicious dates, as I talked about in the first half. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review in Apple Podcasts. And you'll be entered to win a free prize from me in the future just by leaving an honest review. Five stars if you think I've earned it. Much appreciated. It helps grow the podcast. And again, this Thursday, mindfulnewyear.com. You can join now. We've got an amazing group joining us already from around the world. And I'm really excited about this. I love offering this. It's one of my most favorite things to do every year because it is the origin of a lot of this podcast is I was doing that myself for many years of just planning the year ahead. Okay, here's all the retrograde dates. Here's all the new moons, full moons. Here's how to work with this energy. And I was doing it for myself first. And then I thought, hey, maybe other people would want this too. So now this is the fifth year I'm offering Mindful New Year. And it's the best it's ever been. I've refined it a lot. It's going to be awesome. Mindfulnewyear.com is where you can learn all about that. And then I'll share very soon here on this podcast the 2023 horoscope for the year looking at all the big transits 
But if you want to know how to work with them and journaling processes and more specific details on all that, that's in Mindful New Year. And you can get a discounted rate if you sign up now before Wednesday at midnight Pacific time. All right. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week and look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast.